On that note, welcome to the Agents of Game podcast. We are here to do some awesome stuff, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, with me today are, in no particular order... I'm Matt Moyer. And I'm Sean Morrison. And I'm Dan McCain. And I am Dave Martin. So, this week has a lot of awesome stuff going on, most of which uh, is absolutely taking over the world. Um, I guess maybe the first thing and the last thing and arguably the only thing we should talk about today is Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Yes, I got my tickets yesterday. That's insane. Got my time off from work. Yeah, today. How did you find it? Did you find nice. night tickets yesterday? Um, we went uh, to this thing called the internet day, the movie theater actually stuff. for another movie. <laughs> They're sold out. And I just bought them there. Nice is it for the seventeenth or the eighteenth. The eighteenth. I'm not going to go to the seventeenth because I want to take my son, and uh, so he's not going to stay up, you know, until two in the morning. Madness. Well. They're actually yeah. the tickets. Did I you, ever, for did you ever try PM. East Park? Oh, I never got to East Park. No, I didn't. But um, I didn't realize that it was a seven PM showing. I thought it was the midnight showing on Thursday. I didn't well, even realize East Park was still a thing. Dude, they Apparently totally the remodeled it. <laughs> yeah, they every every theater has the leather recliners now, and nice. they have the deluxe screen in two of the sh- in two of the screens, and then they have the ultra deluxe in one of the screening rooms. Yeah, but and... do any of them have pour your own butter? Because holy shit, I got to Colorado, and every theater <laughs> out here has pour your own butter, and oh, you can get nice. a f- folding chair a metal folding chair if you let me pour my own butter on my popcorn because i'm telling you tell you what i turn it into soup the popcorn things float by and i just scoop them up with a spoon that does sound amazing (laughs) yeah they never put enough butter on their popcorn no, that's that was the coolest thing when I got out here. She was like, I ordered buttery popcorn. And she's like, Oh no, no, no! You, there's a thing over there. And I went over there. Sure enough, it was a spigot, and I just pressed the button. And I'm kind of looking around, like nobody's stopping me. Nobody's stopping <laughs> me. I'm just gonna keep putting butter until somebody stops me. It was well, wonderful. Finally, my wife comes by and probably is, you know, you're probably gonna die if you keep putting that much butter on there. But you know. Well, you know, it depends on the theater and what person you get behind the concession stands, but at a lot of theaters that don't have the pour-your-own-butter, you could ask, could you put just, like, butter on, a, on like, three of the layers of that as you're yes. going up? Well, and sometimes the they will do that. The layers, yeah, you got to get it on all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then but you, you know, just get the buttery top, and then there's garbage at the bottom. Nobody wants to eat unbuttered popcorn. Seriously. Well, so I may be wrong on this, but here's what I think was supposed to happen on Monday. What I think was supposed to happen on Monday is the trailer was going to release at halftime on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. And then, then tickets were supposed to go on sale. I would assume. And Fandango apparently has the official contract with Star Wars. Other companies can sell tickets, but Star Wars' site um, lists Fandango as like the retailer of choice. Uh, so apparently movietickets.com wasn't particularly happy about that. <laughs> and they broke embargo hours early. Nice. And were selling tickets. <laughs> and so all day long, people were like, what? What? Tickets are on sale? And just breaking the internet all day Screw long. Screw those guys. I'm selling my tickets whenever I want. And so pretty soon after, movie tickets started selling them. Then um, everybody else got permission to go ahead and start selling too. And all their sites were just crashing all day long. In the long run, it might have been kind of a good thing, though, because if they were crashing as it was, can you imagine how bad it would have been once that trailer hit, if everybody went at once? The floodgates actually opened up. Oh, yeah, that would have been a mess. It was uh, one of my buddies posted that... Um, you know, that he was watching Monday Night Football at, like, BW3s. He was watching at a bar or whatever. And he said that... That trailer got more cheers and louder cheers than anything at the football game. And I think he, he posted from somewhere, <laughs> one of the two teams, wherever their home was. And so, he, yeah, just to get that kind of reaction from a bunch of you know football fans, the non-traditional nerd fans, is, that's pretty impressive. Well, I, 
On the one hand, the trailer was that good. On the other hand, it's Giants Eagles. <laughs> what right. is going to happen oh. in that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but those two are traditional rivals. Those that's a big game. I mean, that's a, a beat 'em up game. You hear uh, uh, Mike Golick on ESPN Morning talk about that game all the time because he was he was an Eagle. So yeah, that that's one of their big ones. So I'm surprised. Still a bad game, though. Yeah. <laughs> if if you watched much of it, it was still a bad game. Yeah, definitely. So no, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, the uh, Star Wars though, the trailer itself looked amazing. I I went to work the next day and got nothing done all day because my office mate and I just discussed uh, theories and ideas and things that we had seen in this <laughs> five second you know trailer. And then as new people would come into the office. We would bring them into the conversation and have to start up all over again. So it was a completely lost day. <laughs> yeah, I, day I was basically the same. Star, excuse me, a day spent talking about Star Wars is not a lost day. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. That is very true. Though, oddly enough, it, it seems to be I'm a not... very um, American thing. Because my office is very multicultural. We, Our parent company is a Swiss company, so we have a lot of French people. We have a lot of... Swiss expats, we have a lot of French expats, there's um, British people there, uh, one of our office workers is also is a uh, from Uganda, so we're, we're very multicultural there, and those people all look at us with these stares like, what are you talking about? In fact, we have a intern that just came here from Paris, he's spending the next couple months with us. And I was like, so have you seen Star Wars? Are you into Star Wars? And he's like, uh, no, I didn't watch it when I'm a kid. Now I'm too old. And I was like, F you, dude, because you are never, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see your stupid French face anymore because you are never too old to watch Star Wars. That is ridiculous. As if I needed another reason to hate the French. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. He's not even real French. He's from some weird French colony by Africa. So, yeah, I was, I was very mad at him. As well, you should have been. Yeah, well, he's an intern anyway, so I mean, he really shouldn't be talking to anyone. He should just be getting coffee and <laughs> sitting, in the, sitting in the corner. I suppose you first, so he, he had some recourse there. I mean, realistically, he should be Blair Witch sitting in the corner just staring at the wall. But well, <laughs> I'm reading a thing right now. It said that they are expecting Star Wars um, to hit $600 million on opening weekend. That might be a conservative estimate. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, I mean, they should already That's know. Crazy. Maybe not the whole weekend, but they should have an opening night figured out already, right? Because I, I, did they save any back? Well, here's here's the question, because all the showings that they originally had scheduled, I'm sure, are sold out. Yeah. But theaters have multiple screens. They might say, well, do we really want to have this other movie on this or do we want to have every single screen showing star wars and i'm confident that they might be able to sell out every single screen for star that would wars be awesome selling. to have one of these like we yeah. have the mc24 here or whatever to have all 24 screens just pumping out star wars all day long that would be insane <laughs> that would be the coolest thing ever i would i would just go and float from each room to each room just to just to do i it. know the grand here in uh I know the Grand here in Lincoln is doing a marathon. They're starting from episode one to episode six, launch at midnight for episode seven. That would be cool. That would be so, very fun. Wow. Now, is yeah. it possible to buy tickets for that and then show up like three movies late? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I like that they are exploring more of the Star Wars universe with their movies than just yeah. the main the main characters we've seen because – there are a lot of great characters that could make uh, that could stand on their own on dark side and light side. Like I would yeah, love definitely. to see a dark side focused movie. I think it would be amazing. Like if there was a Suicide Squad Star Wars movie, it'd be awesome. It, I mean, there's just so much potential with Star Wars that Disney, if they're willing to um, push it, like they've pushed Marvel franchise, we could have you know three or four uh, movies and be different types of movies too. Yeah. yeah. Within the Star Wars universe, it could be, it could just be sweet. Oh yeah, it'd be. It wouldn't awesome. all have to be the same focus. The Rogue One movie is about stealing the Death Star plans, so it's kind of like a big old heist, um, starfighter yeah, Rogue setting, One you know. So awesome. I mean, uh, not for the Bothans. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. 
Many Bothans died in the making of this movie. <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll be unfortunate. Okay. Um the good age to be a gamer because we are getting a lot of games. The only problem is they wait till the freaking last part of the year to release them all, so it kinda yeah. sucks in and that regard. But uh but it, it's times. a good age because yeah, yeah. You and I have talked about this a million times probably over even over the last five years. I think we've had the same conversation that why you put them all out yeah. in the fall. I understand you're looking for Christmas sales, whatever. Forget <laughs> Christmas sales. There is not one single goddamn game that comes out between June and August that is worth $10. Yeah. Put your game out in June it's or It's like July. if you like a girl. Yeah. It's like if you like a girl and you're like, man, she's really hot. I should really try to get with her. And then you're like, grab all your best looking buddies who are all single and they're way better looking and smarter than you. And like, hey, let's go all try to talk to this girl. You're just competing with yourself and ruining the competition because of it. (laughs) And And it's like – Especially if you know you have kind of a B talent game. I I can't remember. I used to have a good example of this. But, you know, there there was a game that came out alongside – Oh, you know what it was that it was the the baseball players game that's um the studio what thirty eight studio that made that RPG and it came out alongside either Skyrim or Dragon Age or Witcher Two or something like that. But you remember what game I'm talking about? The baseball player made it in Rhode Island and then they went bankrupt. Oh yes. Yeah, um Oh yeah, no, actually I really I really it, liked I it and I can't it was a amazing game. It was a great game and could have stood on RPG. Its own just fine yeah. if it wouldn't have come out alongside I think it came out alongside even it was one other one other big time RPG and Assassin's Creed, I think, came out within the same month of the Kingdoms out. of Amalur? Yes. Yeah, yeah yep, it. Kingdoms of Amalur, yep. It never had a chance. It had two AAA games that had established names. Yep. They would have just waited three, four months. Right. Good to go. Yeah, Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I'm always amazed when they do stuff like this. Like, do publishers or not look at the calendar and be like, hmm, let's see where you know a new franchise should sit. I think new franchises should never release in the fall. Since um. One of the people was asking me to talk about it on the podcast, talk about the geek show that I went to last night. Oh, I was actually, I was waiting for a, a oh, yeah. dead spot to ask you about this. I wanted to know what, I I have never met your wife in person. I've seen mm-hmm. pictures of her. She's looks like she's maybe three foot tall and about <laughs> 60 pounds. But I saw it's something on... close to two foot six. And yeah, she does probably weigh about six pounds. <laughs> And I saw something on, on Facebook about her turning into a cannibal, so I, I wanted to know what that was about. <laughs> well, um, so there's when we went to the Chicago Comic Con, we ran into a bunch of really cool people, many of whom are local as part of the um, Chicago Nerd Club. And so I've been trying to get more involved with that, and there's some amazing people. They have lots of cool podcasts. But anyway, one of them, uh, Aaron J. Amendola, is trying to do, kind of with his group, what a little bit what I'm trying to do with Agents of Game, um, and basically providing a stage for them. And so one of the things he does, um, they do it every two months, and they're going to try to do it every month, is host the Geek Show. And they basically rent out some space in a theater uh, in Chicago, and then have some people on. So the first, they had uh, the Friendshipping podcast, uh, a couple people from their talk, and they seemed pretty cool. Um, after that, they had Improvised Star Trek. And it is what you would think it is. It's a bunch of people getting on stage and improvising. Basically, they call out for ideas from the audience, and they pick <laughs> one of the ideas and improvise it. <laughs> and um, nice. I will... I will see if I could get some stuff posted from them because they have their own podcast. They have like 140-some episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they do their own stage show, but they also put their show on the podcast so you could listen in, and that was uh, very enjoyable. Um, but they had, interspersed, they had different little sketches, and they had a game, and one of the games was, they didn't tell people what it was, but they were inviting or asking people for volunteers, and ended up, Marcy ended up getting picked. And uh, 
so the two people, the other, the other people basically said, or well, the host asked, so who wants to be Cannibal Shia LaBeouf? And the other two people put their fingers on their nose, and Marcy didn't see either of them, and um, was obligated <laughs> to play that role for the game. Oh no! I don't uh, know. So. I think that's probably the best uh, version of Shia LaBeouf you could imagine. I, I think that that's a good uh, a good position for him to be. I don't know. In. Motivational speaker Shia LaBeouf would be pretty good. <laughs> 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 that that could be yes, um, uh, but uh, yeah. So if you have to be a Shia LaBeouf, at least you know it's not the Shia LaBeouf. Gotcha. Um, but basically, so, yeah, the show? Uh, there was a big forest, and uh, they were trying to get to within the game. They were trying to get to safety. Unfortunately, Marcy was unable to eat both of them, but she did get one of them. <laughs> the benefit of which means I did not have to take her out to dinner afterwards. She was still, perfect. Uh, she was not feeling peckish anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds that sounds fun. like a cool show. That sounds yeah. like it'd be kind of fun to go go to. Yes, and so for people who are feeling philanthropic, and if you think our our show is well, I we hope you donate to us because we're awesome and we're look, definitely looking for funding. But if you want other people who actually have more established stuff, um, they are doing a Kickstarter. Um, if you look up Aaron J, well, he's actually Scarin J Amendola right now on uh, Twitter. But uh, um, if people are interested, I could post some links. They are trying to uh, do three thousand dollars to be able to pay for basically a year of their programming, being able to do um, go to the theater every month. And they're already they opened up fundraising at the show, and they're already halfway there. Nice. So if people are interested, uh, well, we would love fundraising as well. But the, an extra benefit to donating to them. Is that uh, we do? I donated, and if their pro their Kickstarter project is successful, we get a free theme song for our podcast. Nice. Oh, there you go. Nice. nice. That's cool. So um, uh, why does um, Amadala donating to us? Is I don't come and punch you in the face. So I mean, anybody <laughs> listening, um, I will come punch you in the face if you don't donate. So you know, there's that. That's a good benefit. Maybe and, that could go on our Kickstarter, like our donation. You don't board. get punched in the face. Yeah, you don't get. That's that's a bonus right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very good bonus. And Dan, I think you're confusing Amidala with Amendala. Um, oh, okay, what is that? What his is, is Amendala? Yes. Okay, he, he is not the princess of Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I, that sounds familiar to me, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. this it's like an interesting show. I'd like to go see this. So he just does Chicago right now, huh? Um, well, he has his own podcast. And like I said, a lot of the people in this group do podcasts. So you could catch some of their podcasts. And I could post some of the links in our show notes on our website. Nice. Um, but the geek show itself right now is just Chicago. Um, and like I said, they bring in a lot of the people from the local scene. He's basically shining a spotlight on people who are doing cool stuff and letting them have a chance to do it for, for his audience. So it's kind of a win-win for oh, everybody. Nice. Cool. Cool. Let's see if you could get on his show then. That I mean, would be cool. You're there in the Chicago's. You're doing local nerdy stuff. Oh, one thing that we did see, um, the reason they're doing that fundraising is to try to keep the show free. Uh, the, the tickets, that you do have to get tickets, but the tickets themselves are free. The, the theater's not big enough to just be able to accommodate everybody. Um, but sure. I, I did post on the Agents of Game uh, Facebook group uh, the the other source of funding that they started selling CDs, which are not real CDs, but um, the, go watch the video. Uh, it's love songs from the DC universe. Oh yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is that is quality right there. That's cool, and that's something. Is the person who wrote that or did that the same guy that would do our podcast music? I assume so. I don't know how many people were involved in writing it because there were several yeah. people who actually recorded it, but I assume so, yes. That's cool. And I just, yeah, that's, I wish I would have stayed with music in my life because it would be great to know how to do that stuff. I would say it's not too late, Dan, but it really, really is. <laughs> but it really is too late. <laughs> I can barely use my computer. I don't know. I was going to get one of my buddies has given me his uh, he has an old electric guitar and I was going to start playing around with uh, what is it? The uh, Rocksmith or what our guitar smith. The, uh-huh. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Plug into the TV. He says that it's actually pretty good. Like he's been playing guitar since, you know, since high school. And he actually says it's pretty good. So I'm going to check it out and see how it is. 
You ever had some uh, some people post some stuff about how they taught themselves on that game? Yeah, yeah, Fun. definitely. Talked a bit about games. Whatever. What's everybody playing right now? Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Wasteland Two that came out last oh, week. I was going to ask about how that game is. That's that's on my list of things that I don't have yet. Yeah, my it's, wish list. It's really good. It's a little rough around it. It's a kickstarted game, and it came mm-hmm. out on Steam last year. I think I talked about it a little bit last year. I can't remember because it was the coming soon, but um, but it is phenomenal. Like I love turn-based games, turn-based strategy games. They just there's a there's just stuff you can do in them that real-time combat just can't allow. And okay, so I love the fact that um, so I I just like the fact that you can place your squad and place different individuals in different areas to get bonuses. Like your sniper, if you get him up high, you know you're almost guaranteed to hit your targets and. If you get your melee guys close, you have to cover them with your gun guys. Like, there's just stuff like that that you do, and it just makes the combat way more in depth than just pulling the trigger. And um, now, have you ever, um, since you you like the turn-based strategy, have you played one of the? You know, Heroes of Might and Magic is one of the classics of all classics, but yes. one of the other ones that's kind of an off off the mainstream a little bit, but it is unbelievably cool and has a huge cult following. Is the Final Fantasy Tactics? Did you ever play that? I never oh did. Oh my word! Yeah, I've heard really good things, but yeah, I have never played. Best real time strategy of all time. It, it, it is changed amazing. my life. Yeah, this is yeah. You have to go find a copy of this game. And this, what's it for? CD what system? For it. It, it was PS One. PS One. Oh, okay, yeah, that's why so I never played it. Gotcha. I don't know. I'm sure there's an emulator out there for it or something like that. There uh, are emulators for PS One. Absolutely, it's probably going to be harder to track down the ROM for it. Right, and I'm in no way advocating you go steal it, but if you can get a hold of it however you choose to get a hold of it, you definitely should do that. <laughs> yeah, one of my... If you like real-time strategy. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, for me, it, I hadn't played uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, so for me, it, it was the start of that, that genre for me. So gotcha. It's really good. It, it brings in all the cool spells and morphs and things from the Final Fantasy world, but brings it into... Um, real-time strategy, and cool. it's a little weird, you know, it has the, that JRPG flair to it, where it's like, I have no idea what's going on, but the combat's awesome. Nope. And then cool. the other thing, today, uh, the final episode released for uh, Telltale's uh, Tales of the Borderlands. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, if you're a fan of the, you know, those um, narrative uh, text adventure, or not text adventure, you know, but I, adventure type games. I haven't tried a Telltale game yet. I grabbed the, because it was free, you know, I grabbed the, the Walking Dead one. Um, uh, so I'll check that out and see how it is. It, it is everybody says it's really good, so we'll is, see how it... Yeah, sometimes they have weird mechanics, like I'm an inverted player for my games, and it's madness. when they do, uh, so when they do, like, combat scenes in their games, Walking Dead has them, every game that they, or every, yeah, every game they've done they do has, the right way, has action scenes. And they do them non-inverted, so for me, it takes right me way. like eight times of failing before my mind can recorrect my angles. Yeah. And then, um... I know the feels, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, repentance is hard, but once you learn to do it the right way, yeah. stay doing it the right Just way. Just keep doing no, it the right way, no. and it won't be a problem for I, you anymore. I feel like I'm flying an airplane when I'm using my controller, so that's why my controls are inverted, because I'm controlling something. But you're not. You're looking up and down. Because and... <laughs> I invert them. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I invert them for plane-based games like Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, all my controls on Battlefield for airplanes are inverted. Right. But then it makes sense because that's what you're doing. When right. you're piloting a human, you don't, you aren't inverted. <laughs> I know. The only time it's okay to do anything like an airplane as a human being is when you're trying to feel, feed your own kid. And <laughs> aside I wonder from that you're a human being. That'd actually be an interesting, like, uh, psychological study, if that's the right term, for finding out that why certain gamers game inverted and why certain gamers yeah. game. Yeah non-inverted and what that would mean like you know how they say like your right brain left brain i wonder if like right right brain people do one thing and left brain people do one thing the other thing my my guess is people who play non-inverted probably stop spoon feeding at maybe six months a year year and a half tops and people who are like what dan 13 (laughs) (laughs) no that was breastfeeding i didn't finish breastfeeding until i was 13 
Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you were supposed to stop feeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, but yeah, Tales of Borderlands, though, and I was just going to say, I, I started it today, because with Telltale Games, I found, like, with The Walking Dead, I would play episode by episode, but then I'd forget it by the time it was three months before the next episode came out. So oh, for Tales yeah. of Borderlands, I just waited until today to start playing, and so I'm only, I just finished episode one today, but um, from what I've been reading from comments online and from reviews, that Tales of Borderlands is Telltale's best story to date, so... Cool. If you're looking for a good a good uh um story based adventure game, um Elves of Borderlands sounds like it's a good way to go. Nice. Be all over that. But those are my two games I'm yeah. Dave, what are you playing? Um well I've been playing uh pretty much just Elite Dangerous right now. Ah. And it is very cool depending on who you are. Now this is a this is just an open world, open universe, free range, jump in a spaceship, fly it around sort of game, right? Yes. Yep. Um there it's basically modeled after our galaxy. There are it's it's massive, it's ridiculously huge what they did with it. Um but there is a very steep learning curve to the game. Um and so it takes a while to get used to. Not just that, though. It makes sense logically. You can't just be thrown out into the gigantic vastness of space and be doing epic things right away. Uh, it, it makes you earn a little bit to get better ships, um, which doesn't take too long to get at least halfway decent sh- ship. And uh, Can you get out of the ship, or is it all just in the ship? Right, I, not right now, no. Okay. Um, basically, you fly around, and you could pick up different missions. Like, you'd pick up delivery of legitimate goods. You could pick up... Um, smuggling missions where if you get if you get caught and scanned they'll give you a fine if you don't pay your fine they'll put a bounty on your head for that for that mm-hmm. star system <clears throat> but you could also do bounty hunting missions you could do scavenging missions in space you could do mining missions um or and there's also alliances without uh, throughout the populated galaxy um to where you could work to support your side and then undermine other forces so there's it's a really deep game there's a lot of stuff to do um, but so far as I'm getting to the point where like my, I feel confident that my ship is a pretty good ship. A lot of what you're doing depend would seem to require you to either like doing things on your own, um, like doing organized PVP or maybe just wait until one of their expansion comes out that adds a lot of stuff. There will be an expansion that adds in, um, Actually traveling down two planets, exploring planets, mining planet services. See, that's what I'd be into. Wow. That's what, that's what yeah. I was hoping that game was going to have in it. So maybe um, I'll wait until it has that expansion. There's going to be yeah. some more like fleet ships and things like that. Uh, co-op, um, co-op piloting. Wondering, I enjoy Elite Dangerous. I think I would like Star Citizen. But really, I'm just hoping for X-Wing. I just yeah. want another X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's what I want. You just want to do some combat and whatnot. And, and I want big and without scale it, combat. And without it costing so much to do it. Uh, oh, I want the pace of it. I, I want... I mean, a, I want... Twitch just to jump in and shoot stuff. Jump in and shoot stuff. Or have, like, a big, complex, cooperative missions where you're trying to take down a Star Destroyer. You're trying to take yeah. down... This. It doesn't even have to be competitive. It could be cooperative, but... Have it large scale. Have it large scale and have it fast paced so that if you die, you're not spending half an hour to get back to the fight and blowing three hours worth of money yeah. on repaying for your ship. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, that would be nice. So, so, yeah, that, so, yeah. that, so, we're going full circle Star Wars X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> the, problem with, the problem I had with Elite Dangerous personally was... Um, and I got to say, I only, I only played it for about 10 hours before I decided to wait for Horizons because that's going to be way more my speed doing yeah, the, the like landing and Horizons is the expansion, tears. by the way. Yeah. Horizons is the expansion. Yeah. Um, but what I did in my experience, this is my experience for the first two times I played. So I played for 10 hours, only two times. So take that for what it is, because obviously that's not, you know, that's not a lot of time in a game like it's that. It's two five hour settings. Yeah. Um, but in my my first night playing, it was seven hours, and I was learning the game for for the first few hours. So, uh, so playing the actual game was probably about um, probably four hours of playing the open open game, doing missions, and I failed 
every mission I had I had cargo with me to because what you do to make money is you start delivering cargo and you start doing that to get money to buy the better ships to buy the better parts and then you know it's that cycle and so the first time um, I accidentally dropped out of hyperspeed or whatever they call it in the game and my ship lost all power and I started losing oxygen in my cockpit and so I had a self-destruct so it took out all the cargo I had with me. So that was, I think it was about uh, $80,000 and I had another thing in there for $100,000. So that was all gone, disappeared. And I had to start back at the freaking starport where I started. So then I got two new missions and um, they were going to add up to, uh, or no, I, that's right. Those, that wasn't the big one. The other one I got was, um, or no, it was the big one. Anyway, so I got two other big ones, and they're delivering slaves to a planet, and then delivering like these military secrets. And so, and both of those were going to pay me about three to four hundred thousand dollars. So I was really excited. I was like, "Sweet, I'll get some money." And um, I think what happened is I didn't realize I went into uh, hyperdrive to the next solar system while I was checking my list of things to make sure I was doing the right one first or whatever. And while I was checking my list, I came out of hyperdrive and was going right towards the sun. And so when I came out of the list, Whoops. my I was getting a heat warning and everything, and I turned around to try to get away. And right when I right before I got out of the heat thing to start um, self repairing or whatever you want to call it, my cargo doors opened because of the heat, and all my slaves and cargo got flung into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and so I lost oh all that. God, what a horrible life people have had. First they're enslaved, and then their, their rescuer dumps them into a, into a star. <laughs> and so well, those I, are some pretty spectacular fails, though, Dan. Oh, like dude, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really bad. And so by then, I was, that was four hours of me playing, and I hadn't earned a dime. Yeah. So, Matt, I wish what about you? What are you playing? So, um, I'm still playing Hearthstone, of course. The big news in Hearthstone is that they finally nerfed the, uh, how do I want to put it, the ruling card deck in competitive play. It was a deck called Patron Warrior, and the way that it won is uh, the warrior class has a lot of ways to deal damage to its own minions, and it has a card that will give... Uh, charge, which lets that card attack the, the turn that it was played instead of normally out. it would have to wait. Right. And if it's got a low enough starting attack, then it gets this charge ability from this card. And so what they would do is they would play a card and it would have the low enough starting damage to get the charge ability, but using their effects and other um, and other kind of not gimmicks, but, you know, class effects that they had, class cards, they were able to drive up the attack value on these characters and these cards so high that they could literally kill a person in one attack. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It, so, I mean, of course, the deck w was hard to play, and there was a lot of decisions and stuff to make, and you had to, you know, make sure that you didn't, go too early because then you wouldn't have enough cards and enough damage to finish him off and things like that. But it could really win against any deck that it came up against if it had a good enough, uh, you know, if it drew the cards right. Yeah. So what they did is they took away the ability of the card to grant charge. They basically nerfed it into the ground. It's it's literally a garbage card now. <laughs> <laughs> People hate that when that happens, huh? Yeah, but that's pretty much the only way that they could do it and and kill the deck because the the metagame is is so stagnant in Hearthstone right now. Um, I did a couple of my last uh, decks of the week on it, and uh, they released this whole new expansion. I told you guys about this last week. Uh, only one card has had any impact on the metagame at all in competitive play. Hmm. And it's because of this deck. There were no cards that directly countered the deck, so they had to nerf it. Mm. So that happened this week. I haven't had a chance to play since then, um, but 
it's going to be the wild, wild west for probably another month or so while people figure out what decks are strong. (laughs) I just started playing this last week, actually. I think you had talked about it a couple of weeks ago, so I decided to give it a try. And I like it. It's fun. I just finished, like, the, the... tutorial or whatever where you play through seven or eight different rounds Uh it's fun i really like it it's good for sure Um, it is it's a very fun game it's easy to get into although it is a bit daunting with all the cards that you have to collect mm -hmm. but if you uh if you play the arena mode you get cards that you don't have in your collection you can still choose them for your decks okay so but uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into starting it, and I don't really want to go into it now. I didn't do a deck of the week this week because I don't have a deck to talk about right now. <laughs> there aren't any that really popped out at me. Um, so maybe that's what I will do. I will uh, maybe put a starting, a, like a getting started guide on the website Ooh, yeah, next week. Oh, that'd be a good idea, yeah. Yeah, because it definitely seems fun, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on there, so I need to sit down and mess with that. I like that I can play it on my phone or on my computer or wherever. You it's know. all connected. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of a nice thing, because then when I'm sitting there with downtime, I can play a game that actually, that I, you know, you know, so many of those stupid phone games I don't get into because it doesn't really mean anything, but not that yeah. any game really means anything, but, you know, that I could take home and play on a bigger system or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing is that if as long as somebody is playing a fast deck, then it's not going to be more than maybe 10 minutes a game. So you can literally hop on, play one or two games, and then you can go about your business and do something else. Yeah. So. so far I've only been playing against the computer, which is fun. But I guess I could I could sit down and play against a human too. Well, no, I would keep going with the computer. There's you have to play against the uh, each class to unlock it and be able to play as it. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that is just to play against the computer on normal. And after okay. you beat all of those classes on normal, then you can go to expert mode, which is a bit harder, but it's still the computer, so it's still pretty right. easy to beat. Um, and then once you're, once you've done that and beat it on regular and on expert, then you can probably start going with other players. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And let's see, the other game that I've been playing this week, uh, was a game called Brigador and this is on Steam and it's only the early access, but, uh, I had a chance to do a review on it, uh, what it is is like, uh, um, how do I want to explain it? It's like an 80s movie, like Terminator kind of feel, like Robocop gritty 80s movie feel to it. And you're going around in this vehicle, there's some mechs, there's some tanks, there's some like hover ships, and the environment is completely destructible. You can blow up walls, you can smash people, you can you know, blow up other ships and things like that. You use the walls for cover. It's so much fun to play. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, It's just, uh, Brigadore and start, or, and, uh, and Hearthstone this week. Nice. And Sean, you were mentioning, uh, you were doing a little bit with wow and, uh, had seen some cool things in that. Yeah, uh, so that's that's my big one that I've been doing this week. I went back to WoW, I picked up Warlords of Draenor. I had stopped, to give context, I had stopped um, seriously playing after Burning Crusade. Uh, I played all the way up to the level level cap of Burning, Burning Crusade, and I had taken a little bit of time off. Then I noticed one time that uh, my account had been hacked and taken over by a gold farmer. I took it back, and I discovered that they had added uh, Lich King to it. So they'd bought a expansion <laughs> for me. So that was kind of awesome. Nice. And had littered my account with thousands of level 1 gold mules. And so it meant I had billions of gold. So I went back and played for a little while during Lich King. <laughs> I never actually finished Lich King, so I messed around with that and spent a bunch of money. And they had leveled my main character. They'd taken my main character from 60 or whatever the level cap was then up to 80. 
Dang. So my, that was kind of nice. I'd gotten a, a free level 80 out of that. So that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. But anyway, so I, I really I played a little bit of Lich King, but I didn't play a ton of it. Um, so I decided to go back. I'd heard good things. So I picked up Draenor, and plus when you buy it, you get a free upgrade to level 90. So you could take one of your existing characters, or you could take a brand new character. Um, and you get all the expansions previous to it. So for whatever it was, you know, it was... I think it was sixty dollars, something like that. You know, you get a you get backfilled for everything, so it's kind of nice. Um, but it's really cool. There's a lot of really fun stuff in it uh, for anybody that hasn't been playing. The monk class is a lot of fun. I usually play healers in games like that, and the monk has some really fun mechanics. Like you can beat on a dude, and part of the damage that you're doing goes to heal somebody that's hurt around you. Yeah, um, I heard about that. I played WoW for a long time too. But I stopped playing at Mists of Pandaria when they oh, introduced gosh. the monks. Yeah, and the monks a lot of fun. That's what I decided to start, just to see how it was. But I, I really debated, and I didn't know about something that I've found out about since then. But I decided not to use my level 90 boost on that and just play that character. They've completely scrapped all the old old experience tables. And I got to like forty level 40 in like uh, maybe... Probably ten hours worth of time. I mean, I flew Dang. to level forty. Oh, it's, yeah, That's... it's ridiculous now. I, mean, I remember 40, the first time I was playing. Yeah, work. forty yeah, was yeah. A, a chore, and you really had to work for it because you got oh, your yeah. first mount or something like that. And that, now yeah, it's was... just nothing. Yeah, yeah, forty was your first mount, and you had to. I mean, it was grind and grind and grind. Like just hitting level ten. I remember. T- wow. So remind me after wow. The only other thing I would throw out is I, I I was playing the other day and it got me to thinking. I think I mentioned this on Facebook the other day. Is it, it got me thinking about how a lot of first person shooter games, the PvP ones, have, have kind of stagnated in their game types. You know, there's attack and defend and control and you know ABC point control and uh, things like that. There was a, WoW has a I don't know when it came out. I think it was maybe a Pandaria one. It's hard for me to say because I've missed two or three expansions. But um, again, PvP is a big thing for me in multiplayer or in uh, MMO games. So I've been playing a bunch of that. And one of the really cool game types was this moving. If you want to turn it into first-person shooter terms, it was it would be a mobile control point type thing. So if you think about the A, B, and C control points, but they're moving. And you've mm. got to stay with them, and it's really that's cool. a really good idea. About the, yeah, the cool things that you could do with that in a first-person shooter. So to give you mm-hmm. just the idea of what it looks like in WoW, is there's a center point, and three mining carts spawn out of the center point, and they all go to three different. They it starts out of a center point, and it's like a wagon wagon wheel spokes, and they follow yeah. this kind of curvy track out to three other spots, and as soon as they get there. Whoever was controlling them at the end gets the resource dump because they it gets dumped into a you know a, the, your mining shaft or whatever. Oh, okay. I think they added that and, and with so Mists of Pandaria. Yeah, I remember I reading about it, it but I feel. haven't played that game that version yet. It's fun because you gotta stay with the cart the whole way because if somebody takes it right at the end, they're gonna get that point dump. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to defend it. So I started thinking about how cool it would be in a in a first person shooter like Battlefield or something, where you've got an injured person, you've got to walk back to your base or something like that. And you know, then you've got this mobile firefight that's moving across this battlefield instead of just here's a hard point, defend it, you know. Or you've got yeah. an injured troop transport that's got to get back somewhere, you know. Yep. So those are real simple concepts, but you could do neat things with the yeah. mobile. Attack and defense sort of thing. I was just thinking for Battlefield, one of the biggest things for Battlefield that happens that I see is, uh, because Conquest is probably their most popular mode. Rush is pretty Mm -hmm. stinking popular. And I I love Rush. That's probably my favorite. Now, Conquest used to be my favorite, but the firefights you have in Rush are just amazing. But anyway, having a mode like that, one of the things that happens in Battlefield is you do the same thing because it works. So, Alpha Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, you know. So, when we spawn in, if we're on, depending on what side we're on, go to Bravo. We know that at Bravo, we have this defensive position. We know people come from this way, blah, blah. And so you end up doing the same thing repetitively every match because 
I mean, there's things that happen dynamically because that's just how combat is, but but you always have the same strategy, but with a moving target and something yeah. that moved it, it, first of all, you wouldn't be stuck seeing the same part of the map over and over because you can have that happen right. in games. You would be moving right. and constantly experience, having to experience the map in different ways, and the firefight would just be constantly moving multiple places. Moving around it. And, yep. Yeah, and you could have a pure one like that where you do have to constantly attack the map in different ways, or you could even have, you talking about this made me think about it, you could have a hybrid where, you know, it was it Rush where different parts of the map opened up? So you yeah. could have an attack and defend in one part where, okay, so the attackers blew up my spot, and you get that message that says, okay, now you have to fall back to the to the next point. Well, um, instead of just falling back, maybe you have to defend something falling back. Like you have a mobile command center that you have to yeah. defend as you back up. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my big game that I've been playing this week. I don't think that there's. I was trying to. There was something else that I've been playing, but I really off the head, top of my head, I don't remember what it was. The Titanfall. Uh, I see you getting achievements in that. <laughs> no, that's my son playing Titanfall. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he's gotten my guy all the way up to fifty now. So which is Dang. Kind of cool. Because I haven't played Titanfall in forever, but that was on the. Uh, it's another one of those that's the on the free. E vault. So, yeah. yeah, or it was either free or on the vault. It was one or the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, at the vault it went on. You know. Which again, the vault. I don't know why we don't all have. Oh, the vault. I mean, every game company Such... should have this for their old library. Come on. Exactly. It's and five dollars a month, and you get access to all those games. I mean, or thirty dollars a year if you want to yeah. just pay it all up. Holy yeah, thirty dollars a year. On. That's amazing. And you get free. Yeah. I mean, you get access to Dragon Age. Came out last fall. Dragon it's already Age. in the vault. Battlefield Hardline. Wow. Dollars. Yeah, Hardline Battlefield just Hardline hit just hit last week, and that came out in March. I yeah, mean, that's not they're even adding an old games. Game. Yeah, they're adding games so soon to that, and it's amazing. I like. I'm guessing Battlefront will be on there by next summer. But oh, that's yeah. kind of a bigger hit, but still, it almost and they have Battlefield like, Four on there. I mean, it's just yeah. It almost seems like with Hardline, they waited until their first expansion came out, and then they're like, "Okay, we'll throw that in the vault." But if you want to start doing expansions, here's you know, yeah, you're gonna have to pay us money again. So, well, that's premium a or good something. way to do it too. It, it is kind of like what WoW does with their their free trial, mm-hmm. but WoW doesn't really go far enough. Level twenty is hardly anything at all. Yeah. 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 Nope. So yeah, but it's, it's... That's the idea is you. you get a taste for the game, and then you're like, all right, this is pretty fun, and then you go and buy the full game. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been really blown away with it. it. It's last year's sports games, which I'm a diehard Madden guy, but Madden doesn't change enough from year to year yeah, for me to care never. that I'm playing last year's instead of this year's. Yep. And plus with FIFA, they didn't even go that long. FIFA went maybe, and the last year's Madden, it wasn't a full year. It's not like yeah. this year's Madden dropped, and then they added last year's madden last year's madden is like seven months or something months. Like that. yeah exactly yeah. so yeah ea access is very definitely worth it uh, plus you get the other added bonus for that is um you get two access. weeks early access to games so like battlefront yep um if you have it we'll be able to play that for two weeks before it comes out for everybody else <laughs> yeah exactly and, exactly which is a yeah, or so, is it two weeks or is it a certain time limit within those two weeks? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, if it's like limited, so it's two weeks early, but you only get ten hours or something. Yeah, I can't remember which, but but if sure. you don't buy a game, you still get. Oh, that's what it is. If you pre-order it, you get early access. It's a week yeah. early access. If you don't pre-order it and you just want to try it, it is ten hours. Okay, but that's with right. any game in the EA library. So. Like when wow. PGA, Roy, Roy McCorys or whatever, however you pronounce his name, <laughs> PGA Tour came out. McElroy. It, yeah. Um, I was able to play it and decide that I didn't want to play it or buy it. <laughs> but, um, but they let you try any game that EA releases. So you can yeah. try them and, and decide or you can pre-order it or even known that happened unless I went back. And I just thought that was a really cool part of Wasteland 2 is that the decisions matter and they actually change things where some games they hide it. Like, give you decisions but really the game only has one outcome they just make the dialogue fit the decision you made you know so yeah i really like I, I like when your choices actually affect the world yep yeah it's very cool yeah it was pretty sweet so just a cool story for wasteland 2 i want nice. to share very cool that does sound pretty interesting I'm sorry, but we don't do the sharing of cool stories here. Don't do it again. No! <laughs> <laughs> you have been warned. Yeah. <laughs>
Next time will be a swift castration. Ooh, Too right. late. <laughs> <laughs> well then. Um, and then the other thing, uh, last night, uh, my roommate and I went to see The Martian. Oh, cool. And Matt, did you say you went to see that? Yes, I did go and see The okay. Martian. And I thought it was phenomenal. Holy crap. Um, in, uh, The Castaway, Tom Hanks had his volleyball to help, you know, mm-hmm. push, push his, seeing what he was going through and stuff. Along and in in the Martian, they use like a uh, video journal update system to kind of do the same thing for Matt Damon. But Matt Damon just did amazing. I would be surprised if he wasn't up for an Academy after um, for this year for that. But uh, nice. But it was humorous. It had feeling in it. Um, it had action. It had great suspense. Yeah. The the visuals were just freaking amazing. Um. And it was a smart movie. Like it wasn't. Uh, it didn't feel like they were dumbing anything down for the audience. They, you know, they were smart dialogue and stuff. And I'm, I'm not a astronaut or anything, so I don't know like if they made up terminology or anything. But it just seemed like, you know, everything made sense. And yes, that's the part that I wanted to point out as well. It really feels like this could be happening. They, they yeah. come at it with a very scientific angle. And they make it feel like, you know, yes, in a couple of years, we could send somebody to Mars and they could actually be experiencing this. Well, didn't uh, NPR or The New Yorker, somebody put out a very disappointing article <laughs> about how many people actually thought that this was a this was a, a movie based on real life? A true story. I was going to bring that yeah. up. Yeah, oh, it's something word. like 40% there... of the people polled, if I'm remembering the number yeah, right, I think it, it was either 40 or... Number. Yeah, 40% thought that it was based on a true story. Well, on the one hand, tip of the hat to the director and to the production crew because that's amazing. On the other (laughs) hand, what on earth are these people? I don't know. I don't even get it. How could that not be like the biggest news ever, having that happen? A person stranded on Mars. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Come on, people. But it, well, it, no uh, one mentioned it on Facebook, but it could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. the movie that it kind of reminded me of, in fact, was Apollo 13, you know, with Tom yes. Hanks and all of them. Uh, and that was based on a true story. And so I felt that this was like a an extension of that, you know, with, with a fictitious story, of course. But they still made you feel those same emotions, and you're like, yeah. you know, wow, what would I do if I was yep. stranded on Mars? I'd curl up and die. Yeah, there's nice. a part. There's a part in there where something happened, and I was just like, you know what? I'd take off my hel- helmet and walk out the door. That's what I'd do because it was so hopeless at that point that it just didn't seem like anything good can, could happen after yeah. that. But, yeah. but they just well, did a phenomenal like, job. Uh, what is he? He's like, I don't have enough food to to last nearly as long. But here's the thing, I'm a biologist. <laughs> yeah, a botanist. He's like, I'm a, a botanist. botanist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's what a else botanist. Do he he uh, goes on. Uh, my favorite line from the whole thing, and I'm not going to do it justice, but um, he goes on this uh, probably five minute explanation of how he, because of the uh, space or the Mars habitat is U.S. soil. The Martian surface cannot be claimed by any country because it's not on Earth, and there's some law, some Geneva Convention thing, or something like that. Maritime law. And he's yeah. going to yeah. So maritime law is in effect, and he's going to take U.S. property across that from he international. Is effectively, a pirate. Yeah. Yep. And he's out in space, so he is a space pirate. <laughs> you have his to last... see the movie to get the joke yeah. delivered correctly, but it, it was a very good, very yep. good series. They had a lot of humorous, lines. yeah, humorous lines like that, and and uh, just things that happen that are funny that would actually be disastrous, but because you're watching it, it's funny, and yeah, it was just it was a good movie, man. I I walked out of the theater just a huge smile on my face. I loved it. But um, but yeah, Prometheus was terrible. So I I was really scared with Ridley Scott, um, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, amazing movie. I just I so agree anyway. with Dan. It's it's worth seeing. I went and saw it at 
uh, you know, for the five dollars, of course, at our mm. low, at our on our cheap night. But um, it's worth seeing in the theaters. Uh, the other movie that I saw this week as well was Pan. That is not worth seeing. <laughs> I've heard that. From I've a heard lot that of it was really now. bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a pretty bad movie. My son liked it, but he's eight. Yeah. <laughs> I would you... even honestly recommend taking an eight-year-old to it after having seen it because, I mean, there's actually quite a bit of violence, uh, some executions, and uh, there's some almost topless mermaids. Nice. I mean, they are topless, but their hair covers all of their time. Oh, um, And the acting, unfortunately, was was really bad. Who directed I that? Care for, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Cause I was just going to say, because I, I remember seeing the director's name, and I could probably look it up right now and, and remember, and Joe maybe Wright. I'm... Oh, right, okay. Mm. Maybe it's not what I was thinking of then. But, uh, but it just shows how much a director can influence a film. I think we've talked about that before, too, with Star Wars. But, um, but seriously, a director can make all the difference. Because I was just going to say, I've heard that with the cast that they had, people were expecting it to be really good. But just ended up nobody, you know, stood out. So yeah, directors yeah, have so much more power than I don't people know. give them credit for. I, it, what, there were not very good performances. Rooney Mara, I mean, she's done some great stuff before, and I've liked other movies. I didn't like her as Tiger Lily. Um, the Peter Pan kid, I don't think. He, I think he was a no name. Yeah, I think um, so. He wasn't yeah, Levi bad, Miller. but the story wasn't there to to lift him up i didn't like whoever they got to do james hook either his character was pretty pretty flat if you ask me <laughs> and then unfortunately hugh jackman his character was bad too <laughs> that's too bad oh and they also it also features literally the worst rendition of smells like teen spirit by nirvana that i've ever heard <laughs> oh, no, no. There's no reason to destroy a beautiful song like that. I could not believe that they did something like that. It was awful. Did they have, like, kids sing it or something, or what did they do? It's basically... It's it's... in the Muppet movie. We could do a good alternate (laughs) version, too. (laughs) What it is, is it's Blackbeard's pirate crew basically chanting it. It's some (laughs) kind of song, Uh... chant song. Oh, it's... That's funny. They explain how they knew Nirvana was Nirvana that amazing that it traveled through time, backwards through time time. to World War II era England into Neverland. No, they never explained that. (laughs) (laughs) As a huge Nirvana fan, I was Um, this this week. uh, The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel comes out. Me and my roommate are going to go see that Tuesday, so I'm pretty pretty excited for that. I like I, I like some Vin I Diesel. I saw the uh, the trailer for that when Dave and I went to uh, Chicago Comic Con, and maybe it's just the trailer, but it looked like it was a hot mess. It does every <laughs> word involved in that Vin Diesel, Witch Hunter, the last. It's all of it sounds like a train wreck, just waiting yeah. to happen. And it and it could be. It could. It be. sounds like another version of uh. What was another? You know, it's the Hansel and Gretel, or um... oh man, I couldn't even finish watching. No, that. yeah, that was pretty bad. Was or awful. there was another Witch Hunter one, wasn't there? There was a different Witch Hunter movie. What with uh, 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 Nick yeah, Cage? With, with Nick Cage, yeah, it was. I can't remember the it last. Was unwatchable. I, it was... We can't we can't hunt witches anymore. If this one <laughs> fails, no oh, one can I hunt think, witches. I think I know which one you're talking about. And yes, I actually did watch it on Netflix. I think. Or yeah, it is on Netflix. Netflix. With bear suit. With what? The bear suit. There's uh, some this Nick was the Cage one that was movie set in like the. Yeah, he's like, like in, in medieval times. Wasn't it? Yeah. Is that called the Last Sorceress? Was that his? No, or no, or is that a different one? Apprentice. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep, you're right. You're yeah, right. no, I can't remember yeah, I what know. it was called, but you're right. It was it was pretty bad. And movie. then there's another one that's along those same lines, uh, Seventh Son, which was yeah, Seventh Son, mm-hmm. another season of the witch, movie. season of the, of the witch. witch. That's, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you guys know how it is. I mean, it's Vin Diesel. If he is not driving a car, it's unwatchable. And I'm <laughs> Actually, not even sure that the last seven of those have been unwatchable. So, um, the uh, Man Apart 
is a really old movie that, that Vindy's not really old, but yeah. that actually got me to actually uh, respect Vin Diesel where his family as was an actor. killed or something like yep. that, and he was a drug yeah. enforcement agent or something. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And, one, yeah. Yep, and that got me to respect Vin Diesel. So I give him a chance now. Like if he's in something, I'll give him a chance because yeah. um, it could surprise me. But but you're right. As far as as it appears, it could be really bad. It just seems you know, like it's so far out of his wheelhouse. Like Triple X is his wheelhouse. <laughs> Fast and Furious Twenty Seven is his wheelhouse. Yeah. You know? You, you know, there's there's really only three words that I want to hear from him, and one of them is Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, Dave. That's awesome. <laughs> well, they're talking about him uh, maybe becoming. Um, uh, now I can't think of his name. The guy who, uh, if he opens his mouth, it can topple mountains in Marvel. Uh, one of the Inhumans. Mm. Uh, black something. Yeah. yeah, I should know that, but I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now because I've got other names in my head. Um, but anyway, uh, there's rumors that he's going to also go for that role, too. Indeed. Well, no, anyway... Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. That has been the Agents of Game podcast. Uh, remember to check out Facebook and the website. Um, throw lots of money in our general direction. And we shall see you all later. Later. Peace. Good night. <laughs>